You are listening to the Indie Game Development Podcast Show, sponsored by CurioSoft Kids Games and the letter E. Visit the Indie Game Development Podcast site at www.indiegamepod.com. Thanks again for listening to the show. This interview is inspired by a quick meetup at the Game Developers Conference. I also wanted to thank the folks that have put up their info on the Game Dev Wiki. For those of you looking to promote your game, blog, or site, feel free to put your info on the wiki too. Now on to the interview. Welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast Show. With me today is another special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is uh, Hampus. Uh, I come from Navi Studios in Singapore and I'm the maker of the game Tory Bash. How did you get into games? Uh, this is my first game uh, I ever made and I started uh, making a small game on my spare time and it was released about one year ago and then uh, it got quite popular after it got posted on uh, some forums on the internet and today we are eight people working on the game. How long did it take for you to work on this game? Uh, I calculated about uh, six months. Uh, full-time work before the uh, 1.0 release but uh, uh, that was about over a two-year period what inspired you to make this game it's it's a little different than most other games uh, I just had an idea of a game that I thought would be fun to play and then uh, when I was uh, Thinking about projects to do, I just uh, thought, hey, this is going to be cool. Let's try it. For the audience, can you explain your game? Uh, it's a turn-based uh, fighting game. And it's a ragdoll-based turn, uh, ragdoll turn-based fighting game. Uh, and it's played online. It's basically a freeform fighting game, so you can do any sort of fighting moves that you can think of within the limits of physics. When you released this game a year ago, how did you go about... Were, did you just release it for fun, or was your goal to become an indie game developer, or were you looking to get published in, in the retail market? Before releasing the game, I approached some publishers and... Uh, companies to see if they were interested in making the game with it. But without any track record in the games industry, I realized that it was just not feasible. So I signed up for a game competition called the Swedish Game Awards. And they had a rule that you need to release your game before 1st of March, I think it was. So I just put up a web, web website and released it. <laughs> Great. And once you released it, what happened? Uh, you mentioned that it got picked up on the forums. Did it get picked up very quickly? Did you do anything to promote it? No, we had a, one guy approached me and said, uh, you need a forum on your site. And I was quite busy with the game at the moment, so I, uh, I just gave him the, the root passwords, and one hour later he had a forum up. And then slowly we had... Uh, the community was really small the first month, maybe 10 players. 
And then suddenly one of the players posted it on something awful. And then we had, uh, yeah, it got close to a thousand members on the forum quite quickly. And I didn't do any special promotion at the moment because the game was still in beta the first six months of after releasing it. Let's talk about this community. Your site does have a very active forum. Aside from that person posting about your site and your game, was there anything else that you did to help grow the community, make it stronger, make it more friendly? The game itself is good for a community game since it's a lot about uh, sharing, uh, uh, fighting replays, uh, discussing tactics or doing other sort of creative stuff related to the game. So what I try to do with the forum is to uh, uh, give the community the tools they can do to have fun on the forum and at the same time promote it. And what, what tools are these? For instance, one in one of the early releases, we made a ray trace exporter for the game, uh, which when you take a screenshot, you also get a dump ray trace dump of the game, and that ray trace you can change, uh, change colors or make uh, really good looking movies, and uh, that has been really successful. Then people can do very nice screenshots or very good movies to post on YouTube. When you designed the game, did you consider these community features in mind, or was it more something that you thought was just cool and you'd see where it, where it went? Mainly just thought, oh, they would, this would be cool to have, like the ray trace feature, something I like myself. So I hacked it one night, and then me and another guy, we played around with it on the morning, and I was like, oh, this is, this is fun. Let's just leave it in there. Yeah, I noticed that you have a lot, or there are a lot of demos of um, fight scenes on YouTube for your game. And how important do you think that has been for promoting your game? I think very important. And we do, uh, I send out press releases which, with every major release, and I always try to, uh, or we notice that if we send a YouTube video at the same time, it's much more easier for the for the press release to get picked up. When the videos on YouTube, they are they look pretty clean. Is that generated then from the program itself, or are these people using screen captures or other programs to do it? They use uh, screen captures like Fraps. Aside from the replay demos, were there any other things that you added to help create a strong sense of community? The multiplayer aspects of the game also create a community. So we started by making, uh, mostly for fun, okay, let's make clans. And at that time, maybe 20 people were playing the game, so it, making clans uh, seemed kind of ridiculous at the moment. But now it's a big part of the game with uh, fighting leagues and fighting ladders and uh, special servers that are run by the clan clan members themselves. 
So that also took off quite well. Can you talk more about these clans and exactly what they are? Uh, for to become an official Torebash clan, you need five members, and uh, you then you get a special section on the forum, and you need a clan story, and uh, yeah, then you can join the clan competitions on the site. So someone has say five members, and when you say story, do they write a backstory then? Yeah, they write a backstory about. The, about their clan. Do they get to create avatars or special types of um, characters within the game for each of their clan characters? No, they get the special nickname and then they can create the head texture and customize the blood color and joints color. So that's how they differentiate themselves. And once they have a group, can they when you say they can compete with other clans, how does that work? And um, what's like what's the motivation for clans to compete against each other? We have a, a clan league running at the moment, and uh, the clans to play there uh, it's mostly for Quan. It, it's quite funny to be in a server, and then uh, a lot of people are joined, and you got the tension of competition in there. It makes it a bit extra fun. So I guess that's the motivation for them, just pure fun. And um, are there any other community tools that you that you feel have helped to build a strong sense of community within your game? Uh, we did something by uh, people were doing a lot of signatures in the forum posts, and it became uh, was quite heavy on the server and. It didn't look very good when they have two big signatures, but instead of restricting it, we said, okay, let's make official signatures and make a signature contest for the forum. So these days I see a lot of requests for, on our forum for the signatures from other forums. I think that helps spreading the game as well. So last week we added uh, uh, dynamic signatures that reports back in-game statistics sort of like uh, uh, Xbox Live has these badges and X-Fire. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Excellent. And uh, that, that seems to work pretty well. So then you get like an official Tory badge signature and it says your current uh, belt grading. So the belt grading works. If you play 10 games, you get a yellow belt. If you play 20 games, you get a orange belt, etc. Up to 1,000 games, that's a black belt then second and 2,000 games, etc. So that's reported in your signature. Your game is, um, is physics-based. Did you use a uh, special physics engine or did you use something standard? How did you go about choosing the physics engine for the game? I saw this, this game called uh, Stair Dismount and then I thought, wow, that's really cool physics. So I checked what physics engine he was using. And it was Open Dynamics Engine. And since it's open source and uh, works on many different platforms, I decided to go with that. India uh, or physics games for indie game developers are very popular. And they seem to have uh, 
a strong following. And my question is, do you feel that the physics helped to drive the popularity or your community features that you've added helped to drive the, helped to drive the popularity even more? Uh, a bit of both, I would say. Uh, physics makes, makes it easy to create fun games, especially with ragdoll characters, since there's something... Uh, I think when you see a character getting your head uh, blown off or getting hit in the balls, it just... When you see it, it looks funny. Uh, and, and the physics helps to make that look funny. You are... Uh... You develop these games on on the PC or OS X or or how do you how do you go about developing these games? Like what platform do you use? Uh, we use OS X for all development, and then when it's time for release, uh, we compile it on Windows, and then we release first on Windows and make sure it works, and then uh, provide the OS X and uh, Linux ports for it. So how easy or how hard is it then to maintain this uh, development process where you're developing on OS X, then you have to test it on Windows and then uh, port it to OS X and Linux? Uh, since we have a quite mature code base, now it's very easy. Porting it over, we use the same, same tools. So just make and then we get a, a Windows version. So it work, works really well. And when some of the community features you've mentioned are becoming prevalent in virtual worlds and you know online flash MMOs, have you thought of developing a virtual world around this concept? We are discussing about making a, a Tory world, but that's uh, uh, just planned so far. But it, that's definitely something we would like to do in the future. Another question is, the interface for doing stuff in this game is extremely hard, I think, to pick up initially. Yeah, it's, it's uh, almost impossible. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> how, how did you get, or how did you get people to pick this game up pretty quickly? Uh, that's a mystery, I don't know. We have some, I think the people who I've talked to uh, who played the game, they said, oh, I didn't understand anything, but then a friend showed me and then I said, oh, aha, now I get how it works. Okay. Ha have you thought of doing or making tutorials or something else to make the system more accessible to people who try it out for the first time? Yeah, we have... The last month we have been spent doing uh, usability tests. So we have one tester coming here who never tried the game. And then he plays the game for the first time. And of course, in the beginning of the month, they don't get anything. But uh, so the, now we're improving the interface to make it more easy to get in, into. And one part of that is adding a, a tutorial. So now there is an in-game tutorial, but it's not released yet. We're making that using uh, Lua scripting, so scripting is part of the game now as well. Have you also thought of making this game in Flash 
so that it's accessible to anyone within a web browser? Uh, we have talked about it, but it's probably not going to happen. Since uh, a lot of the physics in the game, a lot of the uh, bugs and oddities of the game um, is being used for people to do to do moves. So by changing the physics, I would destroy people's fighting styles that I have been developing over a year. So whatever I do, I can't change the physics. Uh, there's been another game recently released called uh, Sumatori Dreams that also has this physics-based fighting. Um, and their interface is a little more simple. Any thoughts on that? Any thoughts on borrowing their interface? Any thoughts on their play style? It has a built-in AI, right, that uh, balanced the characters, right? Yeah. From the brief thing that I played, it, it seemed like there was something like that. No, this game is gonna gonna stay how it is. I have no uh, intention of adding a balancing AI. If you want to balance in this game, you have to do it yourself. But perhaps you know in a future game or another game. But right now, changing the game mechanics is would be insane. Are you? exploring new ways to help build a larger community. Uh, what's in store for the next version of this game? And what other things are you doing to improve the game? Aside from the stuff that you talked about, mainly the usability improvement and some of the other improvements that you mentioned before. Um, I try to focus on, on gameplay features. So for the next release, we're adding some... Uh, uh, yeah, some features and new game modes that, that the really hardcore players would enjoy. When do you expect to release this next version? Um, I, I usually don't give out dates, but they have been so far between two weeks and one and a half month apart, all the releases. And we have done, uh, since version 1.0, we have done 25 major releases, so they it will come eventually. As I mentioned before, the community and viral aspects of this game spreading are really great. Do you have any other ideas or thoughts or experiments that you're going to perform to help uh, spread the word about the game even more effectively or to ha add more vi a sense of better viral marketing for the game too? I think we have almost tried all the uh, the viral aspects out there. There are people that have been suggesting everything from signatures to share content to making competitions. So if you have any suggestions, feel free to let me know. <laughs> yeah, I think there was actually another interview, and I'll dig that up, and uh, I'll let you know uh, afterwards. Okay, um, great. Now, what is your future project? Are you going to keep working on this, or do you have any other idea, physics ideas or games that you want to do with the physics engine? Yeah, I'm prototyping games at the moment using the same engine, but it will be a different game. And 
I hope to release that next year, perhaps. But at the same time, we're working on uh, Tory Bash uh, 3.0 and uh, all the versions up to there, which is four versions. So that's going to be new versions uh, throughout, throughout this year of Tory Bash. Let's talk about your prototype process and your game design process. <clears throat> How do you go about coming up with uh, your games? Like, what's the development process? Do you come up with an idea and then you prototype it? Or do you, yeah, what, what's the process for that? Uh, just come up with an idea, then try it as fast as possible. Then uh, just work from there. So a lot of iterations, a lot of prototyping, a lot of, uh, you know, try it on real players and see what they think. Is this something that you have <clears throat> that you have to do alone, or do you try to get other members involved to help you prototype stuff? I usually do most of the prototyping myself, but uh, after the prototype is done, I, I send it out right away. How many iterations does it normally take then for you to get something from initial concept idea to something that's actually what you would consider fun or the so a solid seed for a game? Uh, about 10. And are there any ways that you do, or are there anything, is there anything that you do to help improve and build up your game design skills in general? I would recommend playing a lot of games uh, listen to feedback, do a lot of experimentation, and uh, just read up on books. What are your favorite indie games? Uh, lately I've been playing uh, one of the IGF games called Invalid uh, Tangram. It's made by a guy named Josh Sieptowski. I like that a lot. Are there any other indie games that you like to play? Uh, yeah, I try out uh, most of the new games, especially the one that comes on OS X. But uh, I have very little time to play any other games at the moment. I play a lot of Tory Match. Would you? Do you have any favorite indie MMO, or is there any kind of MMO game that you like to play? I haven't played any MMO at all. And so. what do you think about the future of innovation in gaming? <clears throat> From your perspective, since you um, since you've developed something that merges physics, you know, with community, where do you see the future of gaming going in terms of the area that you're in? I think a lot of, uh, or what I would see is a lot of small games uh, exploring physics and uh, and gameplay, and not focusing on uh, graphics or um, even usability. Just to see a lot of <laughs> game concepts out there. The the comment on usability is is very different than what most people would say. Is there any reason why use you would prefer 
gameplay over usability? I mean, obviously gameplay needs to be important, but do you feel that usability has an equal pull and importance in in any kind of game? Uh, of course, usability is very important, and uh, there's nothing more satisfying than playing a game that you understand right away. But I still think gameplay is the most important. What are the goals of your studio? Um, we're the eight people working in the studio now. Um, within two years, I hope to be uh, one of the major studios in Singapore. So I definitely have big, plan big plans for this studio. You mentioned being in Singapore. How is the game development environment there? And do you see any benefits or drawbacks to being in Singapore? There's an active uh, gameplay community at the moment. And there's a lot of companies uh, setting up here, like uh, EA, LucasArts, Linden Labs, the ones that have come over the last years. And uh, yeah, I meet with other developers and there's a lot of activity going on. There is, so far there's not many games being released yet, but um, that is supposed to change in the upcoming years, I guess. So I think it's a very good place to stay and work. The Asian market is also known for releasing a lot of cutting-edge MMOs. Do you see any talk or do you get a sense of any excitement of MMOs or MMO development within Singapore? Uh, some companies are, are working on MMOs, but uh, as far as I know, no one has released any, anything yet. So, I mean, uh, if you don't release it, it uh, it's not a game. You mentioned your goals for your studio. What studios do you consider as role models for what you would like your studio to be? Uh, good question. I like the... Yeah, I like what the introversion are doing. I think they are the benchmakers when it comes to indie game development studios, definitely. Now, are there any other big-time studios that, you know, they were once indies too, are... Do you uh, value any of, or do you look at any of those as role models in terms of what they did in their early years? So, for example, Blizzard or um, Bungie, something like that. Uh, that would be ID Software in that case. Because the, the other studios like Bungie and Blizzard, uh, I just don't know what they were doing in their early days, you know, little information or what they're doing now. I just know they're a really, really, really big company. They, they're not that transparent, I mean. So, so id software would be your ideal. And yeah. in terms of uh, time that you spend, now that you have a bigger team, how much time do you spend in terms of technical versus business? Uh, about 50% on each. Do you have so, to spend... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so for instance, this week I did um, 
uh, one press release about our 2.5 version, sent out a newsletter, I, I added the dynamic signatures which would be considered marketing as well and then uh, but a lot of promotion is done by the community itself so for instance yesterday I saw someone build Tory Bash fight scenes in Second Life I don't know if it would be a good promotion but stuff like that is fun so you would say your community is the main promoter of your product like Definitely, so for the, yes. for the 50% of your business time a lot of it isn't necessarily marketing, it's other types of business stuff. Yeah, uh, talking to publishers and uh, yeah, doing business contacts, everything, you know, paying rent for the office space and making sure the programmers are happy. Now that you have a strong community, do you see any need or reason to have a publisher? No, not really. Uh, so do you see any uh, benefit to having a publisher then in terms of, you mentioned talking to a publisher, uh, have they presented any uh, good reasons for for having them work with you? Uh, to get access to um, making ports for console platforms. You mentioned publishers for console titles. Um, what is the benefit then of say going on a console? Uh, would they be doing the console port or are they asking you to do the console port and then they would put it on a console? It depends on the uh, what console it is. But for something like uh, uh, Nintendo Wii for instance, we would do the port ourselves. Do you think that developing for the console in addition to the PC would take away your focus? Or do you think it's necessary to help build your community? It would take away focus a bit. So if we're doing console ports, it would be after version uh, 3.0, which we're releasing in October. And that version is going to be almost feature complete. If I add more features to that version, I'm probably going to make it uh, a worse game. You mentioned version 3.0. Are there any main features that <clears throat> you're going to add in version 3.0? Yes, but they are uh, secret at the moment. Sure. I don't, uh, to minimize the number of emails I get, I, I don't reveal features until we release it. Okay. And that also, if some feature doesn't make it into the game, it uh, I don't have to stand, oh, you promised there would be this and this feature, and then there aren't. You also mentioned having um, a reasonably large team for an independent game development company. What are some of the issues of working with a team you know, of more than one person? And have there been any surprises or things that you realized since you started, because you started off as one person and now you have a few more. Yeah, it definitely takes a bit of time to uh, make sure everybody is happy and uh, uh, have something to do at all times. But um, the best part 
that I didn't realize before is having a good CVS system. So we have one located in Australia that everybody's working against. And just having uh, all the diffs sent out by email, so everybody follows what everybody's working on. And perhaps someone catches, oh, that's not a good part uh, in that code. You might uh, break some other compatibility. And that, that definitely really helps. You said you have to take care, make sure you take care of the people on the team. What do you mean by taking care of them? Are you talking about motivation? Are you talking about <clears throat> making sure they have the resources needed to do their work? Or are you talking about making sure that they're keeping up with the trends in the industry too? Mostly making sure they have the resources to do what they, to do their work. If they need a program, they should have it. If they uh, need a new computer, they should have it, etc. And do you see, have there been any other realizations in terms of managing your team? Any uh, other surprises or lessons learned to make sure that your team is well managed? It's uh, more, more fun than I would expect it to be. Fun in what way? Uh, there's always stuff happening every day. And we, uh, it's a fun place to be at. What would you say are the top three lessons learned or surprises or realizations that you've had since you've started developing this game? Things that you didn't expect or surprised at that helped you become successful or something that you had to learn to become successful? Something uh, I learned, okay, let me think. Sure. Yeah, when starting this project, I uh, I mentioned earlier that the, the initial guy who approached me and said, oh yeah, I want to make a forum for you. And then I made a quick decision that I I just didn't have time to do it. And I trusted him with the, the root password of our server. And uh, now he's uh, one of our most valuable resources. So I think uh, trusting people is has been very helpful for us. Okay. Um, any other lessons learned? Any other surprises or realizations? No, not that, that I can think of now. Okay. What Do you have any advice for indie game developers out there? Make a game that you think would be fun to work in three years later. So that means when you're developing this game, you were definitely making sure that it was fun and appealing to you at all steps. Yeah, I learned that from previous projects I had that you think, yeah, okay, I'm going to make this game and it's going to take uh, three to six months. And then you realize three years later, you're working on the same game. So to make sure you have the, enough fire to make sure it becomes a good game. You should really pick something that you would like to play yourself that you think would be really, really fun to do. Great. So we're talking with the founder and the developer of Torah Bosch, the game, and it was an IGF finalist.
Thanks again for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye.